Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. Core Blimey! And that Core Blimey belongs to BJ. And this week, uh, we're talking all about the unsung NPCs in Dragon Quest. We're talking about our favorites, those icons, the, the weirdos <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that we've sometimes found in the games. We're going to be talking about all of that. And also asking and maybe answering the question, does Dragon Quest have the best NPCs? But before we get into all of that good stuff, we do have a brand spanking new patron this week. Uh, so BJ needs to give a real nice thank you to Kevin Online. Kevin, 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 Kevin Online! Thank you. I was like, wait, is there a thank you in there somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's just me saying his name. First off, let, let's explore this question here. Does Dragon Quest have the best NPCs? Right. Other games have good NPCs that feel like real characters. You know, like I've been playing through the uh, Trails of Cold Steel games lately, and those games have great NPCs. I mean, they have NPCs that, you know, your classmates, different people in the government and all that that you run into that feel like well-fleshed-out characters, but they aren't necessarily iconic character models the way that Dragon Quest NPCs are. Right. So I think we need to clarify on this, whether we're talking about NP the best NPCs in terms of character models and those that you're interacting with, uh, you know, on a regular basis, or whether we're talking about the story and personality behind them. Because I think that Dragon Quest has absolutely fantastic NPC models, but stuff I think like Trails of Cold Steel maybe has more engaging NPCs just overall uh, in terms of the overall series mm -hmm. and the overall story and the way that you talk with them. Right, and, and, and that's kind of how I feel too about like Final Fantasy IX, for example. Final Fantasy IX has some really incredible NPCs, uh, you know, you have Zidane's little band of thieves. You yep. have, there, there's Ruby, you know, with the theater troupe. There's Regent Sid. Right, yep. And so there's just so many characters in Final Fantasy IX that you never really play as. Uh, although I guess you do play as Regent Sid during that one really annoying uh, mini game on disc three. But but you don't, you don't play with them in combat. And so I feel like those characters are good. But at the same time, you know, if you show a picture of regent said to people they may not be able to recognize it whereas like if you show like a, a puff puff bunny girl to somebody or even like the, the toughy you know with the bull mask on then people were like oh that's that's dragon quest or at oh, least yeah, that's be able dragon quest. or at least be able to tell you that it's akira toriyama <laughs> right yeah i mean that style uh, really does stand out so I think that uh, I think that for me, some of the like in terms of models, yeah, if I were going to pick a game that just had the nicest models overall in terms of NPCs, I can't think of one that I actually like better than Dragon Quest. Uh, and I think that says a lot because they reuse NPC models a lot. And not even across the series, but across the individual games. Like, you'll see the towns populated by pretty much the same people in a lot of the games. Right. And I think I think that's part of the reason why it's become iconic is because they're in, like, every game, you know? You put yeah. something into every game, at some point, it's going to become iconic. I mean, just by the very definition of the word. So, 
like Dragon Quest Seven, I think is a good example of kind of what you're talking about. And just in terms of of good NPCs, because DQ7 is pretty much all about the NPCs. I mean, yes, there's main characters, but there's so many towns that you visit and you deal with all these other people's problems. And there's so many there's so many NPC stories that all kind of fit like puzzle pieces into the overall main story that really connects to it better than anything that's happening with the protagonist. The protagonists are kind of just living through the stories and connecting the dots. But I would say DQ7 is really all about NPCs, but going into what you're talking about here, DQ7 also is the only Dragon Quest game where it got annoying to me how often (laughs) they reused assets. Yeah, it was pretty much every single time you went to a new town that outside of the town layout itself, the characters all looked pretty much the same there were a few differences in terms of certain worlds like you would see i can't remember the desert world's name you would see more uh, there was a couple dressed like aladdin that you wouldn't see elsewhere but in general they all looked exactly the same yeah and and that was a really actually a really confusing part for me uh, when i first started playing dragon quest 7 is because you expect just casual NPCs to maybe have the same models, right? Right. But the problem for me with Dragon Quest Seven is that there would be these really important NPCs introduced in one of the like past locations mm-hmm. that you would visit. And they would even like join your party for a while and you'd get used to having them around. And then like an hour later, you'd be visiting a different town. And I was like, oh, hey, this is my buddy from that one place. And then you talk to him and it's just a regular like dude who's like, Who's set decoration. Yeah. Yeah. There were occasionally ones that were unique. Like I can't remember her name now. I had it just a minute ago. The witch in uh, the madam so-and-so when you had to do it in burn mount and uh, she was doing all like, I really liked her model. Um, but in general, like you'll have like old, the old man, the old like hunched over old man was just everywhere. <laughs> like he might be the mayor of a town and then you go in and he might be, you know, in the next one, just some dude, some set dressing guy who is, who is, you know, just sick in bed maybe. And, uh, I got confused a lot in the story with Lavender and the, uh, all of the people being left behind and the love triangle or quadrangle or whatever it was, uh, whenever it, it starts dealing with the Abbey and moving in with the nuns and just all of this, I had a real problem with figuring out which NPC I needed to go to and talk to because there were so many duplicates within that town and story of, uh, using the same NPC. So while I do love that they have the same NPCs, a little bit more variety and and using them would be nice. But again, that's on the 3DS and that's probably, you know, cartridge memory constraints. They have to they have to do something to make that exceptionally large game fit on a cartridge like that. Right. Yeah, and I can see that. Uh, and I know the witch you're talking about, but I can't remember she's Madame Luca in Dragon Quest 6. Uh, they right. use that same character model. Speaking of character models, uh, and she's you know she even know ma- she... makes like a little cameo in Dragon Quest Your Story. Yep, that's what I was about to say. I know she's in Your Story as well, but I cannot think of her name in Dragon Quest Seven. But her, I love that model. But she's only used in Seven as that character. She's not just wandering around as like a fortune teller in other other places in the game that I recall. Mm-hmm. Speaking of iconic Dragon Quest NPCs, 
there are certain character models that you just expect in a Dragon Quest game, right? Right. And we asked people on Twitter in advance before recording this what their favorite NPC model was. And, you know, we mentioned like the bunny girls and we mentioned the Tuffy. Uh, and then we were like, you know, what's some others that you guys maybe, maybe think of? So bunny girls got a, a lot of people said bunny girls, but I was surprised by how many people actually like the priest and the priestess yeah. character models. I mean, I like those designs too. And I know you do because you mentioned it in like a couple of weeks ago on an episode. Yeah, I like the priest hat a lot. Like I really like that particular model and the, the costume. So I was I was pretty surprised by that. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the, the more iconic Dragon Quest NPCs. So you have you have the bunny girl which we have to talk about. I, I cannot find, I did, so I did a, when I was doing those daily quarantine casts on our Patreon right. page, I did a special bunny girl episode on Easter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Cause it makes sense, right? It's Easter. Uh, so I was like, I did a little bunny girl episode for that. And I did some investigating and I could not find the first instance of a bunny girl appearing in, in Japanese media. Oh, Okay. But I did learn quite a bit about it from investigating. And apparently the whole reason it got started is because of copyright laws <laughs> and censorship. <laughs> okay. So, so in Japan, you need a way, used to at least, you needed ways to make a girl look sexy, but you didn't necessarily have, because of censors and also technology and video games, you couldn't necessarily, you were limited to how you could make a girl look sexy, right? Right. And so Japan... Uh, they decided to go with bunny girls. That was a good way to convey sexiness because of Playboy and the Playboy right. bunny. And it became associated with Japan because in the U.S., Playboy had like the bunny thing on a, on a tight leash. Like th they did not allow that to be presented in other media. That was right. like their thing. But way over in Japan, it was just a free for all. The copyright laws, I don't know if it just didn't apply there, if they didn't have the reach the international reach back then, or if it was just like a, they didn't care. It was a different country kind of thing. Uh, but that was why, how bunny girls originated. It was because Japan didn't have the copyright laws that the U S had at the time. So it didn't matter that they were using this patented trademarked playboy bunny design, but they also could convey sexiness in a way that like technology and censorship allowed. That's, that's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, so for anybody who has ever wondered like why bunny girls are a thing in Japanese media, because I mean even outside of Dragon Quest, I mean you can see you see bunny girls in other JRPGs, you see it in like manga and anime. I mean it's a pretty common thing. Yeah. So the girls in Dragon Quest do tend to have Puff Puff involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, which does kind of make them a slightly different, I guess, from your garden variety bunny girls. <laughs> or they could be <laughs> literal bunny girls uh, like the Viera in Ivalice, yeah. uh, you know, like Final Fantasy 12 and stuff. They're actually bunny girls. So I just thought that was kind of cool. And then you have your toughies, your core blimey toughies. <laughs> and see, I don't like the term toughie. I don't know where that one came about, like if that's what it's been called forever, but I always call them the thugs because of thugs mug in Dragon Quest 14. Like that was my first introduction to a term for them. And so I always think about them as thugs instead of toughy. And for some reason, I hate the term toughy uh, when they're called that. Yeah. So let me let me explain that to you. <laughs> so so these guys, they've been called several things. They've been called street toughs, which makes sense. Okay. Right. Yep. They were called 
they were called thugs with the thugs mug uh, because yeah. of uh, that was introduced, I believe, in Dragon Quest Nine was the first time there was a thugs mug, uh, which is where it's transferred over into some right. other DQ games and Final Fantasy fourteen, like you mentioned. And then the Bring Arts figure, the Bring Arts figure that released officially from Square Enix called it the Tuffy. Uh, and so that was kind of like the official, like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it came from Square Enix themselves yeah. and they're like, here, this is the Tuffy. And so that's kind of where Tuffy came from. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen it called Tuffy as well. Cause I'd always kind of like you had heard it. I'd heard them referred to as thugs, but I, I kind of just referred to them as street toughs. Okay. Then Square Enix released it as the Tuffy is what it's called. So like, if you're, if you're looking for that figure, you need to look for the Tuffy online. Huh. And so that's why that's why Tuffy is a thing now. I don't like it. I mean, it's probably one of those things that thug is just super generic. Yeah, it may be. Just like you get the, you know, I want this thug figure. And there's nine bull helmeted thugs in Dragon Quest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there are. I've also heard them called roughnecks. I've not seen these called roughnecks, but I've seen, I know that term. I kind of tended before Tuffy came out. I kind of tended to call it, I believe I've even called them roughnecks in a post, but street tough was kind of right. always uh, where I went with that. Uh, just because I always like street toughs. I don't know. I like mm. that term street tough. I'm trying to think of some comeback and I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got, I, I was trying and I just had nothing. And then you have, you have your, your nuns and your priests or your priestesses. I like those models. Maybe not as much as people on Twitter who are saying that was their favorite and maybe not as much as you. Right, because I like do, I like putting the uh, using that as a vocation because I like when it changes your when it changes your appearance because I like having that wandering around on the in the world. So you like it purely for the hat? Yeah, purely for the hat. You like it for the oh man, crap! What's the Pope's hat called? The Pope hat? Nah, man. I know I can't remember it right now. I'm googling it right now because I have to know. It's on the it's on the like tip of my tongue. Miter. Miter. Zucchetto. That's not the one I was thinking of. I know what you're talking about, and I can't think about it. Yeah, huh? I don't know. There was definitely a a word that I associate with Pope hats, and I can't think of what it is right now. Also, just from googling this really quickly, I now see something called the Capello Romano, which is yeah. like a red Pope fedora. I had never seen this one before until I hovered over it on Wikipedia, and I love. Capello Romano. Yeah, it or looks Saturno. It looks like it looks like a pope gangster. It does. He he looks uh he looks pretty uh pretty awesome with it. If you gave him a little bit of a goatee, he would look like a pope Johnny Depp. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, he totally would. Look at that fedora. <laughs> he kind of would. <laughs> so we have your nuns, your priests, and then you have your merchants, which right. is an NPC model I like. You know, with the little, yeah. they're usually fat and they have the little fez hat. You know, it's kind of like the, the fat guy in the little hat. Fat yep. guy in the little, in little hat. hat. <laughs> yeah. And so I always like the merchant. And I think it's because of recognition. Like if I'm wandering around a town and I see, I see that person, I'm like, oh, cool, a traveling merchant. And then yeah. I'm always let down when they don't actually sell me stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then I, li I always like using the toughies and thugs. I always like that they're always the weapon vendor. Like I always, I can look around for them. And if I see one near a uh, building, I'm like, oh, I bet you're going to sell me something and don't even bother looking for the icon. Yeah, I guess they do. Now that you mention it. 
Yeah, even outside. Of, I mean, in Heroes, like I know they do. But yeah, I guess you're right. If you ever yeah. see them selling something, it's going to be like armor and weapons. Uh huh. And usually more than that, it's weapons because, you know, they don't wear armor that sometimes I see uh, other NPCs selling armor. But I cannot think of a single time like and maybe there are, but just the ones that have stuck out to me have always been the uh, the toughy selling weapons. The one does in what's it called? Um, but, you know, it's the gondola. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I know what you're talking about. And I know which one that is, but yeah. Yeah. Gondolia. That's why I'm thinking. Uh, Gondolia. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So Gondolia, there is one because that's how you uh, you get one of the outfits is from oh, you yeah. go up their brothers and they keep undercutting you. Yep. Each, or each other rather. Each other, and yeah. You, and you run back and forth between them, uh, and that's how you get it. So that dude at least sells you armor. And it's been so long since I've played the Heroes games now, I can't remember. I thought the Tuffy in that game gave you armor and weapons, but maybe it's he just might, weapons. yeah. It could be just weapons. I mean, it's been it's been several years since I. Well, I was just thinking games. of certain towns that they were doing that in, where I know they've had side by side weapon and armor shop, and it's not two thugs beside one another. I gotcha. So we have some more NPCs to talk about, like our personal favorite NPCs, specific NPCs, and, and the real weirdos, those oddballs uh, that it's you true. run into in Dragon Quest games. But before we get into all of that, it's time for Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless, shameless, shameless! You've been listening to punk songs playing the t- new Tony Hawk game, haven't you? Shh, quiet. <laughs> I can Shh. tell. <laughs> also, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two is super awesome. I know it's not. It is. I know it has nothing to do with Dragon Quest or JRPGs, but it's super good, and I've it been is. having a lot of fun with it. I've been playing it so much uh, that the trigger finger on my right hand got injured, and I couldn't play it anymore. It started hurting so bad. I had to take some oh ibuprofen and not play the game for like a twenty-four hour period because of me trying to bust out like combos that were like oh hundreds of thousands of points yeah like quickly tapping between uh like r2 and triangle button wow yeah uh so skateboarding injury <laughs> <laughs> and jennifer didn't even understand she was like i can't believe you like a skateboarding game and i'm like i love it she was like i never would have thought you just like a skateboarding game and i'm like i like all of them and uh like yeah super fun y'all go buy it so for shameless self-promotion, uh, because that was originally what we were talking about, <laughs> uh, I, I did want to mention we do have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. So be sure to check that out if you want to be like our newest patrons like Abigail and Kevin and, and join our Patreon community. But also I wanted to give some of my, my sh- own shameless self-promotion here uh, <laughs> is that this past week I wrote a cool post uh, over for the gaming features section of Screen Rant about why Dragon Quest X needs to come west and i'm going to link to it in here because i encourage people to read it and also it's cool getting to just write about hey why dragon quest 10 needs to come to america for like a a major site it's true and the more of y'all who click on it and go there means that the more austin can write about dragon quest and get paid for it That, that is also true also needed to mention really quickly our good friend ryan molina by the way listen to ryan molina's episode uh, on DQFM. He was with us back in like February, I think, talking about DQ10. And he's released a Dragon Quest X uh, review trailer. He's reviewing all of Dragon Quest X, every yep. version, expansion of it, 
Uh, Ryan's videos are super funny. If you watch the trailer, you you're, you can tell that it's going to be funny. Uh, the the green screen work that he's done just for the trailer alone had me cackling because it's cheesy in like the best possible way. Like it, it's fantastic. It's hilarious. And also, I voice a character in the video, in, in the trailer, but also in the in the actual review that he's putting out in October. Uh, I voice a character in that. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I want it to be a mystery. I want you guys to have to figure it out. It's a game with no prize. <laughs> we do that a lot. <laughs> but anyway, be sure to check out Ryan's uh, review trailer as well for DQ10. So I'm going to link to both the DQ10 post that I wrote and Ryan's YouTube video uh, in the show notes. So please click on those, watch those, read that, and, and check it out because uh, it, it's going to be super cool. Yes. Getting back into Dragon Quest NPCs. Uh, let's talk about the weirdos first before we get into <laughs> our favorites. Uh, because I like weirdos. I don't know. You probably know that about me. No. It's why you're my best friend. You're Aww. a weirdo. It's why Gra- I am. It's why Grace is my wife. She's a weirdo. She's weird. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's why I love Dragon Quest. It's weird. That's why you love your children. They they are my children. I love my children, and they're beautiful and intelligent and funny and also just super weird. Super weird. Like I love them for that. Like they say and do things where I'm like, man, a child said and did that. R- Rowan, for instance, has been wearing a superhero mask and cape for about five weeks now, and she pairs it up with Naomi, who's two years older than her. Naomi's rain boots, which also glow every time you take a step. So she has these comically large rain boots on along with a red cape and red superhero mask. And uh, she just walks around and is like, I'm super. (laughs) I love it. And so, yeah, so that's a pretty weird thing. And just so that y'all know, I have to tell this, uh, that Austin, just how wonderful Austin's children are, that Austin was telling his daughter about when he used to be in a band and telling her about Freebird. And she was (laughs) like, why? Why? And he was saying something about how, uh, what, that that there was a song called Freebird and that he knew it. And she was like, why? I was playing the Freebird solo on her ukulele. I was oh, on the ukulele. Is that what it was? Figured out how to so- do the Freebird solo on her ukulele. We were just all sitting at the table after supper one night, and the ukulele was on the table, so I picked it up and was figuring that out. So she's like, what's Freebird? Because she's four and doesn't know what Freebird is. Right. And so at this point, you're like, well, it's a song. People will yell out at concerts and be like, Freebird! To try to get the person to play it, but usually people don't because it's a complicated song, and uh, they try to put them on the spot and be a heckler. So you learned Freebird to put those people in their place, right? When I was a teenager, yeah. When I was in high school, yes. I taught. So then you would play this like nine minute long Freebird, and they were like, "Oh, oh man, you, your daughter." Then we said, "So you used to be in bands, or is that what it was?" No. So she was asking me all these questions, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, you know." So I taught myself when I was younger. I taught myself to play it so that if anybody yelled it out at a show. Then I could, you know, bust out the Freebird solo. I never played the full song because I'm not going to spend nine minutes playing Freebird. That's my that's, that's like nine minutes of my life, man. That's true. Uh, but but yeah, I was like, yeah. I, so I so I learned to play this, so you know, I could just bust it out and kind of put people in their place. And she looks very solemn for a minute, and she just kind of looks down and she's thoughtful and she's like, "And now you're just a writer." <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things this child has ever said to you. 
like and now you're just it stung a little bit i gotta be honest uh there's, well, when your four-year-old tells you you're a failure it's there's still just a little bit of metal in my heart from where the knife went in um <laughs> and that's been like several weeks ago but yeah she definitely she definitely said that and it did hurt not necessarily a weird thing she's done because she's done a lot of weird stuff as well like singing the Star Wars song with just the word cheese. That's true. Cheese, 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 cheese. cheese, cheese, cheese. cheese. Yep. Yeah. We've talked about my kids way too long on the show today. Uh, it's true. But, uh, but yeah, my kids are weird. I like weird things. I'm glad my kids are weird. I love them more because they're weird. So, and I love Dragon Quest because it's weird. And Dragon Quest has some really, really weird NPCs. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the Puff Puff Girl and her Puff Puff Daddy uh, <laughs> in Dragon Quest XI, uh, which is a nice callback to Dragon Quest Three, where the girl lures you in and, you know, the lights go out or whatever, and it's like Puff Puff Puff. And then all of a sudden, it's once again that, you know, tough guy, toughy, thug mug character model. And it turns out that he's the one who gave you the Puff Puff because, you know, he's teaching his daughter how to do it. And he's the Puff Puff Master. He is. He's Puff Puff Daddy. And so I really love that. Like, that was one of my very first experiences with Puff Puff. So that's what I think of anytime I think of Puff Puff. I always, I know this isn't the true meaning behind it, but I always like to think that at some point in the early 90s, uh, Sean Combs was playing Dragon Quest Three and was mm. like... I'm going to call myself Puff Daddy <laughs> all, all because I, of that guy. <laughs> I'm assuming that will never, that that's never, that's not the case. That but not what if it was? I mean, yeah, it's not, wonderful. it's not, but what if in some alternate timeline, that's what happened. That would be horrifying. It might get me to listen to Puff Daddy's music. P Diddy. No, what is he now? I don't even know what he's I don't. I think now. he's just Sean Combs right now. Okay, cool. Anyway, that dude also, Another kind of toughy character model is the guy in Dragon Quest Seven who uh, is chasing his maids around the house. He likes them to dress up like maids, and he puts on this like gimp outfit and just chases them around the house. Yeah, that guy's real creepy. Like that's <laughs> one where I'm truly amazed that that one made it into the game. Where I'm like, ooh, that didn't age terribly well. <laughs> I think it aged perfectly. It didn't <laughs> age well. It aged perfectly. <laughs> And then there's everyone's favorite of Dr. Agon in DQ5, where uh, he is uh, everybody's uh, super favorite uh, scrum diddly umptious NPC. Diddly doodly. Yeah, he's he's a nice little Ned Flanders guy. I'm still sad that your story didn't Ned Flanders him up, that he was very serious in that. I'm a little disappointed by that as well, but I seriously think it's probably because he wasn't Ned Flanders up in the original version, of, uh, like right. the Japanese version of five. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't assume that that Japanese people would really know who Ned yeah. Flanders was in the early nineties. <laughs> and so I have to assume Dr. Agon's tone, everything was completely different in the Japanese version. Yeah. I would and assume. your story, your story probably went with that version of it. And so whenever they were dubbing it in English, they had to stick to that because right. his actions aren't really funny in the movie. So it would be mm -mm. weird seeing that version of Dr. Agon and he's like, howdy do diddly. <laughs> and then he's just very solemn in his movements. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where he's just, he's got his arms folded, you know, and looks all wise and is like, howdy do diddly. How diddly doody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I don't think it would have worked. So I think that's probably why. 
I know this is a spinoff, but I actually, but I wanted to mention the, the Platypunk King that you give mini medals to in Dragon Quest mm. Heroes 2. It's always like, what do you want? What do you want? Huh? <laughs> you know that guy? Yep. Like it stuck with me for all these years because like even to this day, some of the time, like when I'm talking to my kids or my wife and asking them what they want about something, I'll be like, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> huh? In that little like Platypunk voice. <laughs> That's no wonder your kids are weird. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. They have they have a weirdo for a dad and a weirdo for a mom. Those kids didn't stand a chance. <laughs> so last but not least, let's talk about our favorites. So for you, um, do you have like number one favorite or just a, a few favorites that you wanted nope. to mention? Number one is Dave. Dave, Dave, darling. I can't do the accent, but Dave is the pink thug that runs around with uh, with Silvando and DQ11 is by far one of my favorite NPCs. Like the entire series needs Dave more. And like, I really, truly 100% wish that Dave was a party member that you could get in XIS or 11S. I don't know why I said XIS. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Dragon Quest Eleven just turned into a Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> it did. XIS. Dragon Quest XIS Kai Dark Memory Dave version. <laughs> so what was really funny, a little Dave story for everybody, is whenever I was first, whenever I first was introduced to the character, I was playing it. My, my twins were like very young at the time. Like I'm talking like six months old, maybe. Yeah, very very at the young. Time. So they're very young when when this game released. And I was playing it. A lot of times when I played it, there would be sleeping babies nearby. So I played it with the volume down. So that was when, so when I first in, was introduced to this character, I just read it. It looks like Dave, right? It's spelled Dave, like Dave. Yeah. And so that's kind of funny, you know? And then later <laughs> on when I was Dave. playing it and I, had, and I had the volume turned up and Silvando was like, Dave, it just made it even better because for like a few hours there, I was just reading it as Dave and that character existed as Dave. Although that is maybe even better because you just see this pink thug being uh, this pink toughy, like going around, you know, piloting the boat. You have Silvando and all of these amazing characters. And he's like, Dave. Yeah, you have all this like exotic stuff happening. And then there's Dave. Yeah, (laughs) there's Dave. You know, he's like, hey, can you get that for me, Dave? And he's like, yeah, I'll bring the boat around. I also wanted to mention, so I, I like I like Dave as well. I also wanted to mention two that I guess have kind of caveats here, but Mori in Dragon Quest VIII. Right. He's playable in the 3DS version. I assume that's because other people love him a lot too, so they decided to make him playable. But originally he was an NPC, so I'm going to include him on my list of, of favorite NPCs. Because uh, Mori, he's kind of a precursor to that Silvando character, and, and he's great. And... I believe somebody on Twitter even mentioned Mori as being their favorite uh, NPC. He is really good. Then you have uh, Aquila in <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Quest IX, who also can be playable via DLC. But, Never got any of that. But if you don't have DLC and you're just playing through the main story of the game, you don't get any of that. And so I wanted to mention Mori and, and, and Aquila as to Aquila, Aquila, however yeah. uh, you want to pronounce it as two of my favorite NPCs. Um, I think, though, my favorite NPC, because I really like the weird, like, animal and monster stuff that happens in Dragon Quest games. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, that's one of the biggest reasons why I really wish DQ Tact would come over here. It's a mobile game, and I know because it's a mobile game, I'll never play it very much. But I love the way that DQ Tact 
takes like the animal takes the monsters and puts them in like some unique outfits or gives uh-huh. them like an eye patch and stuff. I like that kind of stuff. So for me, probably one of the most memorable NPCs was definitely in Dragon Quest three, my first time playing it with Ed the talking horse because <laughs> the, the, the comedic timing on it was just perfect in the game too, because I'm kind of going around in order talking to people the horse beside this guy is like, nay. And you talk to the guy beside him and he's like, I wish I had a talking horse, but my horse doesn't talk. Not like some. And then like, if you just go up to like the, the like right hand corner of that village directly up from that guy, there's a horse. And for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to talk to this horse too. And (laughs) he's like, nay, I'm Ed, the talking horse. And it was just perfect. I know you sent me a picture of it too. You were so excited that I know I remember going through and just getting a picture. I think it was, look, it's a talking horse. That helped kind of cement Dragon Quest as my favorite series of all time. That was one of those things, you know, that just, that really just struck a chord with me. Uh, And for whatever reason, uh, Ed the talking horse. And I did grow up watching the old uh, like black and white Ed. Mr. Ed. uh, Mr. Ed. Uh, because my, my grandpa liked Westerns and he would leave it on the Stars mm-hmm. Western channel uh, like all the time. And, and Mr. Ed would sometimes rerun on there. Um, I assume because it was a horse. So they were like, let's put it on Stars Western. <laughs> and so I uh, maybe that's part of it is it's that like nostalgia for when I was mm-hmm. a really little kid. and would watch old Westerns with my grandpa when I was like five. But either way, I thought it was hilarious. It's always uh, it's always stuck out to me and then there's also the weather cows that uh where you can determine what the weather is going to be by going around and talking to cows just standing around that they're meteorologists yes and i definitely hope that gets added to other versions of dragon quest as we go on because that's one of my favorite things that they added into dragon quest 11 and I don't understand, like if there's a reference as to why the cows know what the weather is going to be, I'm completely ignorant of it. I think it's just one of those things that sometimes you have to know the weather for certain like enemies to spawn and stuff. Right. And so I think probably it was just like, hey, how do we, what's a quirky way we could have an NPC around to tell you the weather? And you get meteorologists. Yeah. I mean, which are way better than like Final Fantasy 14 example has the same thing in the MMO the weather veins. where you go and talk to the weather NPCs yeah, and they're just like dudes. They have like a certain attire that identifies them, but you talk to them and they're just a person who's telling you about the weather. It's much more fun to talk to a cow. <laughs> it is. And I think on that note, is that that's probably the, that's the end. <laughs> I think that's the end. I think when it's much more fun to talk to a cow, I think that's a good place to call it. Yeah, I talk to a cow every week. Oh, oh burn! Oh, I've gained so much weight. Oh man, I didn't mean it like that. I just, <laughs> ouch! <laughs> just turn it back on me. <laughs> so <laughs> that about does it for us for this week. But thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can talk to us directly on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragonquestfm. If you want to talk to us directly, you can do that. I'm on Twitter at dragonquaston. I also have another podcast. It's called JRPGs and Me. And I also have a regular Dragon Quest blog. And actually, today's episode 
what some of it was pulled from a previous post I did about a year or so ago about Dragon Quest and NPCs. And so we'll link to that as well in case you listened to today's episode and was like, oh my gosh, I have to get more Dragon Quest NPCs in my life. Then that'll be in the show notes too, and you can read that older post I did. And you can talk to me on Twitter at, at Professor Beach. You can listen to me on my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast at geek2geekcast.com. And if you would like to check out the rest of our original content on the network and maybe check out our digital magazine, you can see that at geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.